that's our lesson today. We might as well just go home, but we won't, okay? I've got to tell you, it was, um, it's powerful. And when you were singing that, I was thinking to myself, why? Why is it absolutely necessary that I have to just get to the bottom of my strength sometimes before I take that time and look to that divine presence within, that you that you referred to so beautifully in that music? And yet, uh, that's what happens sometimes, is it not? It's what happens sometimes when we are almost on our knees, not knowing what to do until we reach and we know that God is within. There's something that tells us, and thank goodness we go there. Thank goodness we go there. Thank goodness we do it. Today we're starting a brand new series. I'm pleased as punch with this series. I'm excited about it. It's based on the book, 30 Days to Fearless Living. The book is published by Unity World Headquarters at Unity Village. And I would like for us as a spiritual community for the next 30 days to look at this little booklet. It's a downloadable uh, uh, booklet. If you were here, we would gift you with that booklet. But you can download it from Unity World Headquarters. And oh my goodness, each and every day it teaches us a little bit about how to live fearlessly. And as I was reflecting on this series, I thought to myself, I don't know a single solitary human being that has lived totally fearless. You know, think about that for a moment. I think we've all experienced fear. Yes, I believe even our teacher and our way shower, the master teacher, Jesus, also more than likely experienced fear in his life as well. I think of the Garden of Gethsemane. I think of these things that he went through because we're reminded by scripture that Jesus was divine and yet he was fully human. So I believe without a doubt that Jesus experienced this emotion that we call fear. And I believe that every person that's ever walked on the face of this planet has experienced some type of fear. Now, I think sometimes what we do is we consciously experience fear. I know that I have consciously experienced fear at times. I choose to experience because I know that on the other side of fear, there is freedom. There is freedom on that other side. And I was thinking about when sometimes recently that I experienced fear, consciously experienced it. And one of those times was not just a few years ago. <laughs> I walked on fire. Did I experience fear? You bet I did. And at the same time, I knew that on the other side of that, there was something that I was to learn. Or just a few years ago when I consciously chose to jump out of an airplane, uh, tandem jump. I experienced fear. I'm so glad that I had friends with me because if I think if they were not with me, I don't know if I'd gone through with it or not. But more than likely, you too have experienced sometimes a fear in your life. And then perhaps, just perhaps, you've experienced fear when you feel like, well, I didn't consciously choose this, not on a conscious level, but all of a sudden I've just been furloughed. Oh my goodness, there's fear. Or, oh my goodness, I've just been given a health diagnosis. There's fear. Or, oh my goodness, the man, the woman that I've loved for 30 years has left me. What am I going to do? There's fear. But each and every time I believe that we experience this fear and that we are able to walk through this fear, that we become more aware of that divine presence of God within. 
So my dear friends, as we start this series, I don't know if 30 days to fearless living is possible, but I do know what is possible for me, and that is not fearless, but less fear, less fear. So I want to experience less fear in these next 30 days with the circumstances that are going on in our world. And so how do we go about it? What are some of the remedies for experiencing less fear in our world? Well, we just heard one. That was the top remedy right there. Look to God. Look to you. That's who we look to, to experience less fear in our own life. It's absolutely necessary that we do that. I think of the, one of my favorite metaphysicians, Emmett Fox. Emmett Fox has written a little pamphlet called The Golden Key, and we've even looked at that golden key here in this community. The golden key is quite simple. The golden key says that any time we start experiencing fear, worry, despair, he says, just step forth and golden key it. Just golden key it. What does he mean by that? We step forth and we change our thinking rather than thinking about despair, worry, fear. We change that thinking to think about God. Just change it that quickly. Whatever your understanding of God is, because we know without a doubt that whatever we're experiencing in our life right now, whatever that may be, that that presence of the divine within is greater than that experience and that we have all the faith that we need in order to walk through this experience. You see, when we are aware of that presence of the divine within us, we do not allow circumstances to determine our faith. We allow faith to determine our circumstances. And that is a huge shift for me. But I have to consciously remember that. I have to consciously remember to get out of that fear, get out of that worry, and to step into faith. Faith over fear. Of course, we look to spirit, as Joanne just shared with us. And at the same time, absolutely, we must remember our first basic principle, and you've heard me talk about it probably 30,000 times, and I'll mention it briefly this morning. There's one presence and there's one power in the universe, and that presence and that power is God, and that presence and that power is good. And when I get in touch with that presence and that power, regardless of appearances out there, and when I'm able to see the good on the other side, regardless of appearances in my life, then I become less fearful and more faithful in my own life. So it's absolutely necessary for that remedy to remember to look to the divine and then to remember that that divine, that divine within is greater than anything that I might be experiencing in my own life. I think sometimes when I am out of faith and into fear, perhaps it's because just because maybe I'm just paying too much attention to the facts. Don't hear me wrong. I believe in the facts. I believe in the facts, and I believe we need to acknowledge the facts in our decision-making. But do I have to know each and every detail of the facts? And when I get into these facts, especially around the news today, then what begins to happen in my life 
is I become fearful, not faithful. Jesus, I think he gave us a great example. Our teacher and our way shower gave us a great example about sometimes how to know the facts, know the facts, and walk on. You might remember the story. Let me share a little bit with you. It is from the book. It's from the book of Mark. It says, one of the leaders of the synagogue named Jairus came and when he saw Jesus, fell at his feet and begged him repeatedly, my little daughter is at the point of death. Come and lay your hands on her so that she can be made well and live. So he went with him. And now, as he was going with her, with him, Jairus, then guess what happened? We know the scene. The woman came forth, and she too was healed of a flow of blood. And she healed him, and she turned. he turned to her, and he says, It is your faith that has made you whole. And he, the scripture says, While he was still speaking, some people came from the leader's house to say, Your daughter is dead. Why trouble the teacher any further? It's pretty factual. Your daughter's dead. Why trouble the teacher any further? But overhearing what they said, Jesus said to the leader of the synagogue, do not fear, only believe. Jesus heard it. Jesus heard the fact that the daughter was dead. And immediately he ignored it and said, just believe. And he allowed no one to follow except Peter, James, and John. He allowed no one to follow him except Peter, faith, James, wisdom, and John, love. Absolutely necessary if we are going to have faith. We have to have that combination of wisdom knowing when to use those facts and when not to use those facts, and love, always leading from that heart space. And he says, when he came to the house of the leader of the synagogue, he saw a commotion, people weeping and wailing loudly. And when he entered, he said to them, why did you make such a commotion and weep? The child is not dead, but sleeping. And they laughed at him. And then he put them all outside. I love it. How many times do we have to put people outside? And I'm not talking about real people. I'm talking about your ideas sometimes. How many of those things do we have to put outside of our own head in order to, in order to truly experience the faith and the love and the wisdom in our life? We have to put those ideas out of our head, out of our house, out of our consciousness that are not in alignment with it. And he says, he took the father and the mother and those who were with him and went there and where the child was. And basically, he took her by the hand, a 12-year-old child. And Ray says, get up. Get up. And then he even said, give her something to eat. And then he said, wow, and tell no one. Why did he say tell no one? I believe he said tell no one because people were after Jesus and Jesus knew that his work was not complete. And he had other work to do. So, so often, my dear friends, when things come our way and we hear those facts, we hear those facts on the news or whatever it may be, it is absolutely necessary for us to work with those facts, not ignore them, but to believe, to believe and to move forward.
Jesus gave us another great example. And I believe that one of the reasons that we sometimes are not in faith is because we just know too much. Just know too much. I love the story of Jesus. Jesus telling the story about how one, one morning he was, the crowds were following and he saw two fisher boats there and he stepped onto the boat and he, he told Simon, he said, push it out. Push it out a little bit. And he pushed the boat out. And there he talked to the people that had been following him. He gave the lesson. And then before he noted, before he got in the boat though, he noticed that the fishermen were cleaning their nets. They had been fishing. They were cleaning their nets. And so afterwards he came back in and he said to, to Simon, who later became Peter, Peter representing faith, he said to Simon, wow, go back out and lower your nets in the deep. Go back out. Lower your nets in the deep. And Peter says, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. I am sure he didn't say it quite like that, but he said, Jesus. He says, we have been out all night fishing, and you're telling us to go back out into the deep. Yes. You see, Peter, or Simon at the time, was wow. He was an experienced fisherman. He, we just got the email this morning. The fish is not biting. We just got the news. It is not biting. And Jesus says, no, go back out into the deep and lower your nets. Sometimes our experience, sometimes our experience gets in the way of our faith and gets in the way of following the Christ presence. You know, when we hear that voice of the divine, now don't misunderstand me. Peter and them, they eventually went back out. They caught the fish and caught the fish. But sometimes we stand in this place of, I've done this before. I don't know what he's talking about. He's a teacher. He's not a fisherman. Besides, he was a carpenter. He's not a fisherman. And yet, Jesus knew without a doubt where the fish were. And he went forth and he caught these fish. Can you imagine what would have happened if Peter had not done that? Can you imagine what would have happened if Simon Peter had not done that? It was because of that incident, because of Jesus telling him where to go, that he became a disciple of Jesus. And Scripture tells us that he left his nets and he followed Jesus, our teacher. I know in my own life, sometimes... I can let experience get in the way of the best that God has to offer me. I can remember <clears throat> many years ago, I was my first, my first profession, as most of you may know, I was a buyer, merchandise manager for major department stores. And so as I traveled to New York to market every month, New York, California, wherever I went, there I would go to market to buy the goods for these stores. And I had great experience, of course. But I loved it when a new associate, when a new assistant buyer came on board. I would immediately say, let's go to New York together. Let's go to New York. I need fresh eyes. I need fresh eyes. You can tell me what I don't see. And when I do that, then I've got a new set of eyes to help me out. Or even in ministry today, 
One of the reasons I enjoy working so much with interns and new ministers is because they bring fresh eyes to the table. And I believe it's so important that we keep these fresh eyes with us in order to have the faith that we need in our life. So don't let this wealth of experience get in the way of the faith that you need to have in your own life. Wow. Jesus gave us some great examples, did he not? And yet, I would ask, you know, where's your faith today? Where's your faith in relationship to your fear? You know, where is it? You know, Charles Fillmore says that faith is the perceiving power of mind linked with the power to shape substance. I love Martin Luther King when he says, faith is taking the first step onto the stairway where you have no idea where it's going, but you take that first step. And I love Ellen Davenport's recent example of faith when she says something to the effect, is faith is seeing the good when, not, when it's not even present. Seeing the good when it's, you cannot see it, the, the presence. It hasn't been manifested yet. And so, you know, during this COVID-19, I don't understand it. I bounce sometimes between fear and faith. I feel like a ping pong ball sometimes. I go to those places sometimes that can, can be dark, but I know that I don't need to live there. The other night I woke up at 3 o'clock in the morning. I should have called some of you. 3 o'clock in the morning. I could not go back to sleep. But I turned to my bed table, and there on my bed table was Lessons in Truth by Emily Cady. And Dr. Cady, she reminded me about having not faith, but an understanding faith, an understanding faith that I had to have. So I ask you, you know, what kind of faith do you have today? Unity teaches there's several kinds of faith. That first step of faith is hope. We know that hope can just take you so far. But it's beginning, and sometimes that's all we can muster. It's just the hope. I hope that things will be better. I hope they will be better. But it's a very kind of passive faith. And then that second place in faith is sometimes we refer to it as blind faith. Blind faith. I don't understand it. It's kind of like some people even refer to it as magical thinking with a heavy dose of denial. But it's, guess what? It's a faith that, that comes through and saying, yes, I know that this will pass. I know that it will pass. But again, a blind faith requires not a lot of action. But an understanding faith, an understanding faith requires action on our part. An understanding faith is about applying principle that we understand, that we've proven in our life during this process. And during this COVID-19, my friends, we have the understanding faith that we need. We know there's one presence and one power. It's God the good. We know that while those things that we focus on increase in our life, we know we can focus on faith or we can focus on fear. And when we focus on fear, it affects our body. It affects our attitudes. It affects everything about us. But when we focus on faith, our God, that it strengthens us. It strengthens us. And, of course, that fourth kind of faith is a knowing. A knowing I know that I know that I know. And that comes, my dear friend, I believe, 
after that understanding faith, after that understanding faith comes that I know. You don't even have to be concerned about the principles, about the spiritual laws. They just, they're part of you and you live those laws and you live those principles in your own life. So I ask you today, you know, where is your, where are we placing our faith? I don't know. You've heard and I've heard so many times. Oh, Reverend Pat, if I just had more faith. Bonkers. You've got all the faith you need. 100% of it's within you. It's a matter of where we place our faith. It's a matter of how we focus our faith. And we can choose we can either choose, my friends, to, it's, you know, to face it, uh, to focus it on that spirit within, or we can focus it on fear. And don't forget to speak your faith aloud. Speak it aloud. If you're in the car by yourself, scream it aloud. This has no power over me. Move. Jesus, again, was clear when he says, you have the faith the size of a mustard seed. You can move mountains. So when you're by yourself in your car, let me tell you what, you scream it if necessary. The faith that you believe, as one of my teachers used to say, you grab that highest point of truth that you, that you understand, you grab it. You grab it and you speak it aloud. This has no power over me. During COVID-19, you have been in my prayers. And I believe without a doubt that we are called not only to have faith, to know that we can be on the other side of this, but we're also to listen, to listen to those that know more than we do as far as scientists is concerned. I love what Lowell Fillmore, son of Charles Fillmore, co-founder of our unity movement says. He says at one time, science was faith. Think about that, science was faith. And those that are working on a, 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 a cure, those that are working right now on a vaccine, yes, they're using the facts. Yes, they're knowing everything they know in their mind, but they're also using faith. If they were not using faith, they would not be moving in that direction right now. This is a powerful series. Join us each and every Sunday morning. You have an assignment if you choose to accept it, and only you can accept that. A, Check yourself out. Hey, what do I believe about faith? Where am I placing my faith right now? The other part of that assignment is begin that journey with us each and every day in the month of May on fearless living. Maybe it's just less fear, but fearless living. And then join us on Tuesday night as we continue this conversation together in our workshop. Wow, I miss the stew out of you. I love you. I bless you, and I behold the living presence of God within you. And this next song, you're going to love it. You're going to love this next song. I've already heard it, and you stick around. You want to hear it too. Blessings. Time asks no questions. It grows on without you. Leaving you behind if you cannot stand the pain. Well, it keeps on spinning, can't stop it, have you tried to?
you gotta be bad, you gotta be bold, bold you gotta be wiser. Okay, so before the service, I was saying to Todd on our soundboard today, I said, you know, this song, I really like it, but I don't get this, you gotta be bad part. You know, you gotta be bad. And he says, well, it really kind of means you gotta be good. It's kind of a swaggering and an attitude. So I got it, okay. So you gotta have that attitude of being, thank you so much. Oh gosh, bear with me, congregation. Just love me, okay. <laughs> so listen, this is, this is May, and May is our consistent giving month. This is the month that we have the opportunity to invite you to become a consistent giver. We do this each and every month, each and every year. We also invite you to reevaluate your consistent giving as well. And now it is so easy. We call it not only consistent giving, but we also call it reoccurring giving. This morning we have someone that is a consistent reoccurring giver, and Nancy Merritt. Nancy Merritt, a member of our congregation, is going to share with you why she is a consistent giver. Hey, I'm Nancy Merritt. I'm a member at Unity Minneapolis, and I'm also blessed to serve on your board of trustees. I'm coming to you today to talk about consistent giving. May is our consistent giving month, and consistent giving is a way for you to provide your love offering to Unity Minneapolis on an electronic, consistent basis. I'm going to talk to you about ways to do that in a minute, but I want to talk to you about why this is so important. The first reason that consistent giving is important is because it allows us to plan better. We know what's coming in. We know how to budget better. We understand what people have committed to. Another reason is, especially now, when we're not together and the offering plate isn't being passed, it's really important to ensure the funds that we need to support the mission of a transformed world continue. And we recognize right now is a challenging time. And for many, it can be a challenging financial time. You will know if this is the time for you to do this or for you to change or increase your consistent gift to listen to that inner voice and spirit guiding you. You'll know what the right thing for you to do is. How you do it is to go out to our website and click on the orange Donate Now button and it will lead you through a way to set up a recurring gift. That's the choice you'll want to make in the amount and in the time frame that you want. Another way is to use your smartphone and text give to unity, that's G-I-V-E, numeral two, unity, to 77977, and that will also lead you through a simple way to set up a recurring gift. The reason I do it, I, give, I do both. I like to do manual gifts, and I also am a consistent giver, and I believe in the law of circulation that we teach and this allows me to trust that whenever that money is coming out for my consistent give gift, I know that the income I need to cover that is there. I trust it, I believe it, I'm blessed by it all the time. So that's why I do it. So I, can, I appreciate you considering this. I thank you for considering it. And you'll listen to that voice and know if it's the right thing for you right now. I look forward to seeing you in person sometime soon, I hope. And in the meantime, I hold you all in love and light. Thank you. And thank you, Nancy Merritt. Thank you, Nancy Merritt. Let's take just a moment to bless these tithes and these gifts and these offerings that we're receiving today. Again, just go within your heart. And allow spirit to guide you with your gift. And whatever that gift may be, allow it to be given in love. Divine love flowing through me blesses and multiplies all that I give all that I receive, and all that I am.
So thank you, sweet spirit. Thank you, sweet spirit, for these many blessings of life. Thank you for these gifts. We bless them. We send them forth to fulfill our vision and mission of a transformed world. Thank you, God. And so it is, and so we let it be. Amen. Our Unity Prayer Chaplains are holding sacred space in their homes. They would normally hold it right here in this sanctuary. But they've been holding sacred space throughout this service. So today, if you have a prayer request, we invite you to fill out your prayer request form on your Unity, on our website. And that prayer request will go directly to Unity uh, Minneapolis. It'll go directly to our prayer chaplains. This is also the time when we normally bring in our beautiful children. We miss those children. We are in prayer with you. I can just visualize them running down the aisle right now. And we're, yes. <laughs> and we also hold our families in prayer. Cassidy Meeks is with us this morning. Hello, everyone. Hi, kids. Hi, families. We miss you. We love you. And I invite parents to check out our Unity website on the youth page. We've got some updated virtual events. One of the things we're going to do this week is invite each of you to create an art project, whatever makes you happy, whether it's something about faith or love or Mother's Day's next Sunday. Draw using whatever materials you have on hand and take a picture of it, send it to me. All the instructions on our website, we're going to make a collage. So excited about that. If your child is older, Uniteens are YOU, so about 6th grade up through 12th grade. We are going to meet right here at 1130 Central Time on Zoom. So if you don't have a link for that, let me know or go on our website to request one. We hope to see you there, and we miss you all. Thanks. Thank you, Cassidy. Thank you. And also just a reminder that following this service today at 1045, that's about 15 minutes from here, we do our virtual Zoom coffee hour. It doubled in attendance last week, you know, so wow, it was powerful. We have so much fun. You get to see people's faces and you get to connect with them and share your lives a little bit with them as well. So we're going to invite you to join us in our prayer protection and our peace song. So Gemma, join me on the platform. And so we'll join So let us know together our prayer. How you doing out there? You're doing great, aren't you? You're doing great. Wow, I got to just, yeah, I feel like I'm whining, but got to say this. I miss your energy in here. Jim and I were talking earlier this morning about when you speak to this empty sanctuary, you know, I visualize you being there, but it's just not the same. And, and so we just miss your energy. We don't get to play off of that energy. Have you noticed that, Lori? Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to fill it with more, but, you know, it's, <sighs> it's like, it's like, you know, so you've noticed sometimes that I don't tell a joke. Because there's nobody out there laughing at my jokes, you know. So, or, so we just miss you. We miss you so much. And I know that we'll be back together. I know we'll be back together when it's safe for us all to be together. So let us know our prayer for protection together. So together we know that the light of God surrounds us. I am light. The love of God enfolds us. I am love. The power of God protects us. I am power. The presence of God watches over us. I am presence. Wherever we are, God is. I am divine and all is well. Peace on earth, the peace that was made. 
begins with me. Let this be the moment now. With every step I take, let this be my joyous vow. To take each moment and live each moment in peace eternally. Have a great rest of your weekend. And you know what? I just want to let you know of a little something coming up. Um, we're here virtually with you on Sundays, and so many folks are virtually with you during the week. Joanne is a great gospel Sunday. Sit on her porch at about 1 o'clock. You can find her. I do some things, a little happy hour Thursday night. And you know what? I was thinking that kind of what we've been missing. I'm in the wrong key. Hang on. No, I'm in the right key. Put my glasses on. In kind of... Um, sticking with uh, programs and concerts and events that Unity offers, well, how about five on Fridays? We're going to have some live-streamed little 90-minute concerts, like either myself and a singer or myself and two singers. Todd will be here. It's very safe. And your ticket donations will benefit not only the artists but programs here at Unity so we can all keep continuing virtually safely, social distancing, while we sing together. So five on Fridays. Uh, the PR will be together like tomorrow and the next day. Keep an eye out for that. And we look forward to seeing you soon. Are you ready? This song's written by a nice girl from Iowa, Susan Werner. Oh, is she great. Check it out. A little faster, how about I? How about here? Plenty and then some. Yeah. What do I do? What do you do? I got plenty and then some. What do I do? I got plenty and then some. What do I do? I go out and help somebody. Get plenty and then some too. Yes, I do. Got a roof over my head. What do I do? 